seat everyone, please. The potter's hands, if we think of God as he describes himself in Genesis, as the creator, the God that created man and woman, but he created man, he created Adam from the clay. Well, we are living in a fallen world, aren't we? And now if we want to be something better than we are, we need God to keep moulding us and shaping us. And this morning, we have come to be in his presence at church. And this morning, God will be moulding and shaping us through his word, which is this, moulding and shaping every one of us, because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit is the way that God prompts and nudges us. The Holy Spirit helps us to see things that are inside us that are not quite right. Things that we need to work on. And this morning, I really pray and I hope that the potter's hands will word is transformative. It has the power to transform everyone. Now, this morning is going to be slightly different. And I know everyone's going to be going, no change, no! Heaven forbid we have change! But this morning, Pauline is going to be giving us a word. Now, you may remember a few months ago, you won't remember, because people, if they felt maybe a calling or maybe a need or just a want to experience what it's like to preach to give a word, maybe if they'd like to come forward and I can work with them and, and see what, if we could do anything about that. Now, hundreds have through the email that Pauline sent me and we've worked together and, and Pauline's put something together that she feels the Lord wants to, to say to us this morning. Now, it's the first time that Pauline's ever done anything like this She's being really brave to read something out and it was absolutely terrifying because all of a sudden you think, oh my, everyone's going to be sitting there going, <sighs> they're going to be judging me a lot on my performance. But actually everyone was really lovely. You know what, when you preach the word of God, you stand facing God. But behind you, the enemy is there ready to attack, to pounce, to make you feel bad. Preaching the word is not something that you take lightly. It is a battlefield, everything she's written. Pauline is entering into almost a spiritual battlefield this morning. She's standing up, she's standing out for God. And she needs the prayers and the compassion of her congregation her family, to help her perform this this morning, to help her go through this. So I'm going to pray for her. We're going to pray for you because this is a big moment. Um, so, Pauline, if you want to get yourself ready there. Lord, I pray this morning that 
you will give Pauline the voice that she needs, the courage that she needs, the skills and gifts that Pauline has to create this piece of work, Lord, this, this application of your word, this understanding, this message that you have for us this morning. So, Father, I ask you to really open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts to your laughter, Lord. When she goes home and shuts the door, Lord, I pray that you will be with her in those moments when the doubts start to creep in, Lord. I pray that you will rush in and just lift Pauline up, Lord. Amen. ignite the war. Pray that we would be surrendered right now in this place. I can see we're going to have times of um, communion, but I pray right now, Lord, we'll join in fellowship with you now. I'm going to read the story from Mark 4, 35 to 41, about what is commonly known as a storm on the lake. Verses might mean to you. Jesus calming the storm is also reported in Luke 8 and Matthew 8, so it's important. That day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Left behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a... Don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? We were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So what strikes you when you read or hear these verses? Do you feel that there was almost a promise? For me, there is a promise. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. We all know that Jesus never breaks his promises. We can totally depend on him, knowing that he will never change. He is always the same, always has been, and always will be. We realize that really he is the only one we can totally trust in life. Friends and family and spouses can all make promises, but sometimes when it comes to the crunch, they cannot always keep their promises. We are all the same. We want to keep a promise, but sometimes we find. Jesus left the crowds to be alone with his disciples. When we want to be alone with God, what do we have to leave behind? Could it be busyness, worries, problems, big or small, fears, pressures at work, anxiety, 
money troubles, doubts, uncertainty about the future, concerns about our health. Sometimes when we want to be alone with God, we have to clear our minds of all these things. How do we do that? Well, we try to do this. For me, to play a worship song and totally focus on God clears my mind from all sorts of distractions. The disciples took Jesus along just as he was. Is this the answer? To let go of busyness, worries, problems, fears, doubts, and whatever our but how do we let go? It's all about trusting the promises that God makes. After all, he is creator God. He had the power to create the beautiful world we see around us. His creation is a daily reminder of who God actually is. So as Christians, we know we can trust him. He never let us down in the past and he won't let us down in the future. As Christians, we know we should let go. We know that in letting go, we then have peace, his peace. If we let go, we can receive all that God has to give us because we have empty hands. So can then receive God's gifts of peace and joy. If we allow problems or worries to overwhelm us, if we are looking at the waves, then we lose focus of God and then we lose his peace. The wind and the waves, we know he will help us in our storms. He loves us more than we can ever imagine. So why would he not want to help us in our storms? We know he is the God of the impossible. Where there is no way, as Christians, we believe in God's resurrection power. Jesus is alive today and he lives forevermore. There is power in the name of Jesus alone. How mighty is our God to save everyone who puts their trust in him. Anyone can call out to God and he will hear. He is the God who knows what is on our heart before we utter a single word. He knows what every single person in the world is going through. God is there to help anyone who cries there is no one like him. God loves the whole world and he died for the whole world. The important thing to a Christian is that when we go through even the most harrowing things in life, God never changes. His comfort is the same. He is the one who is our rock, our strength and our hope. His presence in times of trouble and stress outweighs all the darkness and pain. We can feel his help. We really do know that he is there, hanging on for dear life. He is the one who understands. He is the one who created us. 
We all know as Christians that we are not exempt from trauma or problems or loss. We have all our healer and our comforter. And even though the experiences of life are certainly not good, God most certainly is good. He is good to us because he is our comfort and he gives us peace and he is the light in our darkest night, difficult times. So the disciples took Jesus along in the boat just as he was. He didn't have worries because he trusted his father and he only wanted to do his father's will. Jesus spent time alone with his father while he was here on earth. He could give everything for let him down. And he was all powerful and he was fully in control, as he still is today, whatever is going on. <laughs> Jesus knew without a doubt that he would reach the other side of the lake. Are there areas in our lives where it seems that something is trying to stop us from reaching the other side of the lake? Are the battles so fierce and the storms so big that it seems that you are drowning? So if this is the case, what is the answer? Does the tunnel you have entered seem never ending? You have left the light behind you and all you see now is darkness. Whatever you do, don't go back to the light that was behind you. Press on until you see the light, total darkness, and can only walk by feeling your way along the tunnel instead of seeing your way out. Just remember that Christ walks through that dark tunnel with you and he is alongside you and also goes before you. He is a lamp to our path. We need to go along that path, step so are you going to give up? Please don't. Cry out to God. He will hear you. He has always heard me in the with other Christians. It helps to have friends pray for you while you are in the storm. It encourages. Sharing gives us strength to cope. We have to acknowledge that there is a storm and ask God to calm it or calm us in the storm. God uses the storms in our lives to help us grow spiritually. God can turn storms around. During storms, we experience the love of God and his comfort and his strength. He not only knows what we are going through, but he feeds in. We need to keep focused on God, for he is the only one who can help us in our storms, because he is there with us. Throughout this really fierce storm, Jesus was, of course, asleep. The storm didn't bother him. The disciples knew Jesus as creator God. He created the waves, but the disciples panicked as the storm around them got bigger. They looked at the waves, and in looking at the waves, they took their eyes off Jesus. 
So what we need to do is stay in the boat, even though the waves around us are huge. Don't be tempted to try and get out of the boat. That is, if we stay in the boat with Jesus, we are completely safe. Sometimes to us, it may seem that Jesus is sleeping during our struggles, but he is still totally in control of every situation life brings. Remember that he said to the wind and the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it of the lake. Then what? What happens after they went over to the other side of the lake? Amazing miracles. In Matthew 8, 28, once he arrived on the shore, Jesus delivered two demon-possessed men. These men were so violent that people avoided them. People. No longer violent and no longer a threat to other people. At the beginning of Matthew 9, Jesus heals a paralysed man. Friends of this man brought him to Jesus because they knew deep down that Jesus could heal their friend completely. And when Jesus told this man to get up and walk, he did. Just like that. <laughs> Bleeding. Jesus knew that power had gone from him and the woman knew Jesus would heal her before he healed her. Such was her faith. Matthew 9 also records Jesus healing two blind men who were following him. Jesus touched their eyes and their sight was restored. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus feeds 5,000 men, let alone women and children, from five loaves and two fish. Jesus walks on the lake only Jesus could do this. Mark 7 tells us, again, Jesus feeds about 4,000 people from loaves and fish, as recorded in Mark chapter 8. Then, as recorded in Mark 8, Jesus heals a blind man by putting his hands on the man. In chapter 10, him his sight. But not only that, Bartimaeus didn't have to beg anymore. The healing that Jesus gave changed his life completely. Luke 13 records Jesus healing a crippled woman who could not walk for 18 years. When Jesus touched her with his healing power, she was able to straighten. This is recorded in Luke 17. What do you think awaits you when you reach the other side? Perhaps a miracle? Perhaps mighty things that you didn't think would happen? If it actually happened? Is this something that God could work out in your life? Could he actually work a miracle? Sometimes it's tough getting into the boat to start with but trust God for his help and strength. Stay in the boat. Trust Jesus to deliver you by telling the storm to be calm and reach the other side. When the time is perfect, Jesus will calm the storm 
and tell you to get out of the boat. By his help and strength and everything else you need, then watch Jesus as he performs miracles in your life. Getting in the boat and going through the storm, keeping your eyes on Jesus, will be more than worth it all once you get to the other side of the lake and see what God has in store for you. Understanding that boat is knowing the identity of who Christ is. If we can hold that information in our hearts and our minds of who Christ is, and as we'll see when we take communion, is so important to us as Christians. Our faith is bound up in Christ and we need to know the identity. We need to know who he is. And through all those miracles that Pauline was telling us about, Jesus was teaching his disciples his identity. This is who I am. And the promises that he gives during that last supper would mean nothing because then they're empty, hollow promises. The identity of Christ is key. Knowing who he is means that those promises will not fail. God will stand on those promises. What we need to do is to just take some time for reflection and, and allow that message to speak to us. I spoke about the potter's hand at the beginning. This is a another space where the potter's hand is really at work for us you hoped would not be there still maybe now is the time for you to sit contemplate and ask God to shape you in his image once more May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.